0: That 65 seconds can do to a piece of land. The only thing that came to my mind and that was the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing else. Just to give you an idea. You take Syria, you take Afghanistan, you take Ukraine now, you will see pictures of devastation. It took Bashar al Assad over twelve years to try and destroy some parts of Syria. I witnessed that also. But wallahi, when I say when you see the type of destruction that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can do in seconds this shows you how powerful our Allah is. And if that does not shake your heart towards the Almighty Allah, then I give up. All the bayans and everything else will mean nothing to you. If that sight does not shake your heart and say, Hu al khaliq he's the only creator. You may have heard that where the epicenter was, in a place called Karaman Marash. But the destruction took place, the major destruction took place three, four hundred kilometers away. In one of the cities, as you're driving through, through Nurdagi, Islahiya, and you come to Antakya. Now some of y'all may have visited Antakya That's where Allah Ta'ala mentioned Surah Yasin wa Jami, Aqsal Madina Rajul A person came from the outskirts of the city Habib Najjar His masjid is said to be there That was destroyed also That city Was the lifeline For assistance going into Syria During the war And when I say that in that city of Antakya, there is nothing left. There is not a civilian that is there. When we went there, the only people we found was the military, the police and workers that were working and clearing up, looking for bodies. Of late, they were saying 50,000, it may reach 80,000, Allah knows best. The numbers are growing every single day. Another lesson that I personally learned when I saw this destruction was the sabr of the people. We went through some floods. Alhamdulillah Allah Ta'ala saved us. But when you talk to these people who lost everything, lost their homes, lost their businesses, lost their families. One person we spoke to lost 18 of his family members. One shot. 18. And in Turkish he says, It's kismet. Qadar Allah. They accept the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The concept of sabr in that type of calamity. When you stand on the streets of Antakya and you look down, wallahi, the only thing you feel in the air is moat, death. You actually get the smell of it. And you see like a ghost town. That's it. Nothing left. A, a town that was hustling and bustling. Full of energy. Seconds gone. There was one sign I wrote. I was written on the wall there. Written in Turkish. Vida un, vida un. We know that in Urdu and in Arabic also. Vida. Farewell. Farewell. So, just to give you an idea, that one of our intentions, as ulama visiting these areas, a lot of people went, alhamdulillah, the Muslim ummah got together, the world got together, they gave aid and so forth. But there is something as Muslims we believe in, when somebody loses somebody, we are going to do ta'ziyah. You must do it. Sunnah of Rasulullah wasallam. So we embarked on this. And wallahi, everybody has got a story to tell. And every story they are telling you, subhanallah, is on iman and yaqeen. It was on iman. Not of what the loss was. But what they did. Now, picture this. One of the brothers we were talking to, we were making ta'ziyyah, he lost 3 of his 5 children He lost his wife He lost his, his father-in-law Quite a few members of his family And he was saying When the earth shook When the earth shook And there was this noise And he got up And he tried to stand And he couldn't stand because every time he stood he fell down. Because that's how much the earth was shaking. He says those seconds felt like a year to him. He couldn't move. And he could hear his children crying. And here he sees the roof coming down upon him. And it stops. And his children are shouting... And he says, the only thing I could tell them, read Surah Ikhlas, read Surah Ikhlas, read the Kalima, read the Kalima. That's all he was saying. He says, that was the only thing that brought sukkun to me. Encouraging them to read the Kalima, encouraging them to read Ikhlas, so at least when they meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the, the last thing they said was La ilaha illallah Muhammad the Rasulullah He says I wasn't a strong Muslim I make my salah I do what I have to do But he says When that roof fell And stopped He says If I cannot change my life now And see the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah ta'ala rather take me away now. So, when he heard only one child crying, he realized Alhamdulillah, Allah ta'ala has saved one. He says, The others, ila rahmatillah, in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, We were there for four days. In this darkness, in this cold. And the only thing I could do was read Surah Ikhlas. He says, It was not those people that came and eventually took me out. My cousins who were sitting around me here, he's pointing to them, they came and saved me. It wasn't them who saved me. The only thing that they did was to take me out from where I was. But I was comfortable. Because I knew my Allah was with me. And he says, the thing that saved me was recitation of Surah Ikhlas. Who thought those three ayat that we read was, will be so powerful for an individual? My respected brothers, one incident when we went to make ta'aziyah to another brother, he says that when he couldn't reach his children because of the way the earth was shaking, he says, I told them, just read La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. And when he started hearing it from those children, And he says then one stopped. Then I knew. Alhamdulillah. That is with the mercy of Allah. Then the second one stopped. Then I realized that also gone to the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And every time the one stopped, I wasn't angry. I say this was kismet. This was Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I cannot change the Qadr of Allah Ta'ala. But as Muslims, we got to accept the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says that la ilaha illallah gave me that sukun. He says at that moment in time, I wasn't afraid. Wallahi, I wasn't afraid, he told. He says, but after that, two weeks after I was removed, I buried my children, I did everything I had to do, He says, now the fear set in that when I'm walking, I feel the earth shaking. I have to hold on to something. He says, now this is what a lot of people at the moment are suffering with. You get aftershocks in the earthquake and you get aftershocks in the mind. You just suddenly, and that's what the psychologists are saying, they still feel the earth is moving. And there are many people in the cities have left but they refused to go and even if their relatives had uh, houses in another city where it was quite safe, they are refusing to sleep in the houses. They are there during the day, but at night they are going to sleep outside the tent. Because in case something comes down upon them. So there are many people today, they are not sleeping in tents because they have to. They are sleeping in tents because they want to. Because a fear has set in now. They said that at that point in time, we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we human beings, how quick we forget. Like we got Ramadan coming, mashallah. We'll all turn towards Allah. Ta'ala. Masajid are full. Everybody is reciting Quran. But let Ramadan leave us. What happens? We know the story. Human beings are weak. We forget. We forget to read our Quran daily. We forget the fasting. We forget the kindness in our heart. We forget. So they're also, they also human beings. They also forget and they are telling us yes we are forgetting Allah Ta'ala saved us but we are also forgetting but we got to constantly remind ourselves so because of time that was only what the Turks experienced along the border with northern Syria as you know our Syrian brothers are going To what we call double trouble. First of all, they got to face the bombs of Bashar al Assad. And then they faced the earthquake itself. Where in one area, over 70% of the city was destroyed. In that one city, they counted 200, uh, I mean, 2,500 dead. And just by the way, just off the, before I go to Syria, In the mass graves that they are burying, those that have left and went to the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, some people got names, some people got numbers. Some people they cannot recognize because they were smashed, they were crushed. You can't even make out. So those, and I read on one sort of plank, they had a plank there. In, in in Turkish language I couldn't read it of course I had the brother translate for me. He says a girl about five years old wearing a red dress that's all she's recognised by. A girl about five years old wearing a red dress. That's the only way you can read now there are many like that. Where's the closure? They don't have the closure. People sitting in hospitals don't even know how many members of the family they have lost. Allah Ta'ala make it easy for them inshallah. So the Syrians remember the Syrians were not going through trauma now in the last 12 years. The Syrian trauma started off from the time of Hafiz al-Assad. That's when it started. It didn't start now. This is just a culmination. His son just inherited his wickedness and translated into action and I'll just give you two examples of his father Hafiz al asad in the Arab world he was known as Hafiz al-Fasad the protector of evil not Hafiz al asad the protector of the lion you know just, one, just two examples quickly in Halab all we know Aleppo where a lot of our Hanafi ulama came out from in Halab many senior of our ulama Hanafi ulama came out and Hafiz al-Assad one day in the 70s it was 71 I think he gathered thousands of children and women into the soccer field he says he was going to address them yes he was going to address them and how did he address them he unleashed helicopter gunships on them because they Families was standing against him. They says thousands were killed at that afternoon. They said that soccer field was full of blood. That's the, the the capability of this man's Bashar Assad's father. Then how was he able to arrest the ulama when the ulama were in hiding in Syria? So what he'll do? He will go and capture the ulama's family, their wife and children. Now, if you've got an, a young baby, maybe 8 months, 9 months, 1 year old, so what you should do? He'll put the mother in one room, and he'll put the baby in the other room, and between them there's a door, and he'll raise the door a little bit higher, just for the child's hand to go under. Now, can you imagine a child who is hungry, wanting the mother, will the child stop crying? No. eventually he will break the power of that woman and says my husband is hiding so and so place he will break them until they confess to where their husbands and as soon as they send there obviously he will send, send in one team and they take that alim out because to, to kill a society remove the ulama simple as that to kill a society remove the ulama and that's what he was doing taking them out one by one. And in many parts of the Arab world, that's what's happening today. Take the ulama out. So, this persecution of the Syrians started many, many years ago and it just became bigger and bigger and now, February, not only were they facing the bombs of the Russians and Bashar al-Assad, they had to face this disaster of the earthquake you know as I said we went to do Tazia also and I on the road in a place called Jandaras, near Idlib I met a young boy walking on the streets He'll, they'll see us because we're not Syrians of course and he walked past Asalaamu Alaikum I Say said Wa Alaikum salaam. so Alhamdulillah I blessed me able to speak a little bit of Arabic so ask him in Wainuk he says, Jai, I mean, I came, came from Antakya. I'm coming from, from Turkey. I see, but you came from Turkey, you came into the war zone. He says, wallahi, this place is more better. I'm more safer here than there. Now this is a, must be a seven year old boy. He says, I'm scared for the eight, the earth to shake again, so I'd rather come here. Yeah, I know that a bomb is going to fall on me. I can run, but there where I'm going to run. This is a version of a seven year old boy. There yeah, I can see the plane coming, I can run somewhere. But when Allah ta'ala shake the earth, where am I gonna run? Something follow me, where am I gonna run? This is a version of a seven-year-old boy. So I asked him also, I said, Yibni, my son, okay, when the bomb falls, what you do? I says, Wallahi, I read La ilaha La ilaha I read the Kalima and I cry. What do you expect from a seven-year-old to to, to give rulings? Fatwa? No. He's going to cry because he's scared. So I read kalima and I cry and I wait for something to happen. Now this, I couldn't wait but I recorded it. But obviously it's not for uh, public consumption. Because at the end of the day, I think as ulema, we believe whatever we do, we've got to do with dignity. We've got to save people. We got to show them that we care for them, and that's what it, and that's what it all about. So, at the end of it, what we see is we are losing a generation. Wallahi, we are losing a generation in Syria. We are going to be losing a whole community now in Turkey. It's time now, and I was telling my fellow ulama also that it is time now. That we make an, we make the effort now to go and re-educate these people. We got to more conscientize them more about the deen. They, you know, it's like saying it's ready for picking. They are ready for picking because the, that spark of Iman is open now. Now it's ready to pick. When it's, when the spark is dead, it's very hard to get it light again. You know how hard to start a fire. But when you got a fire, you just fan it. So now is the opportunity for the wufud of the ulama and the different jamaats to make an effort to go and ensure that these people do not lose the deen. Because there is a generation that is coming up even amongst the Syrians that do not know the deen. We met with ulama there in Syria and he says it is upon you people that you are going to ensure that this deen remains in the hearts of these young children. And we want to support you all in that. So it's, it's going to be, As the world rallied for the earthquake, the Ummah needs to rally for the deen. That's my personal take. The Ummah needs to rally for the deen so that these generations that are coming up, there also do not lose their deen. They have been Slowly, slowly, the propaganda was carrying on, anti-Islamic propaganda, both in Syria and in Turkey. Allah knows in the next election, if Erdogan remains or not, if he doesn't remain, Allah knows best. We can only turn to dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because we know what those circulars are going to do to the deen. We know what they are going to do. They are already preparing for it and we we ask allah ta'ala to protect the ummah of sayyidina muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam may allah ta'ala grant us a tawfiq inshaAllah. may allah protect the ummah of sayyidina muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us success in this world and the hereafter wasallallahu ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa